Hey everyone, and welcome to Unison Christian Church, the podcast. We exist to change our community with the life-changing truth of Jesus, elevate a culture of love and holistic growth, and serve as a family built on hope. Our desire is that today's message helps you discover fresh new ways of connecting with God. Now, here is today's message. Um, the Holy Spirit, the, 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 the thinking about the person of God, the Holy Spirit, is a challenge for us. Um, like even praying like that, praying to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. And like for many individuals, it's just like it's complex and it's so complex that it's like we're just going to talk to Jesus <laughs> and let him work it out. <laughs> Jesus will work it out. Right. And that's true. That's there's nothing wrong with that. I honestly don't want us. To, I don't want us to ever be in this space of condemnation about how we pray as it relates to who we're talking and to what part of God we're talking to. But the uniqueness of the Christian faith is this. We believe that there is one God that has revealed himself to humanity in three persons, not three gods, not a three headed monster, <laughs> one one being who has revealed himself to us in three persons. And there is uniqueness in being able to understand and honestly worship and adore those persons in their shared unity, but their unique roles in the Trinity, right? Right, and so, and, and so that's really the whole reason we were talking about this today is to not have this moment of separation like, nope, we're praising the Holy Spirit. Nope, it's for us to understand this is a part of God that he has revealed himself to us with, and it behooves us to understand that part of who he is, right? But the church has also been very confused about the role of the Holy Spirit. I feel like we got the Father down, like, okay, we know what the Father does, <laughs> We know what the Son does, but the Holy Spirit is this part of God where it's like, mm, we're going to relegate that to a lower part of who God is and say that however you feel about that is how it's going to be. So you get to determine who, who the Holy Spirit is. And I actually challenge us to not go there. Not. I think much of the separation in the church has been around not understanding and not being willing to be vulnerable enough to be in that space of a lack of understanding. Um, and so when we talk about what it is to be filled and flowing, we have to actually, one, agree and understand what the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is, and what the Holy Spirit does. And so one thing to consider, among other things, the Holy Spirit empowers believers to reflect the love, values, and glory of God to creation. Right? And so that empowerment, yes, it comes in miracles, signs, and wonders. Some of us like, oh, I don't know about that. Whether you know about it or not, people are being healed all over the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to agree with that or not. It's a fact. <laughs> right? We don't have to agree on things about how the Holy Spirit reveals himself through us because the reality is they're happening whether we agree or not. But the Holy Spirit also empowers us to live well. So it's a combination of the power of the Holy Spirit and to, to, to do these miracle signs and wonders and the power of the Holy Spirit to change me in such a way that I begin to reflect the Son more 
clearly to creation, to one another, and to every bird, bee, rock, and tree on this planet needs to see the sun reflected in my life. And the Holy Spirit is the part of God that empowers me to do that. So the love, the values, and the glory of God is reflected in us when we allow the Holy Spirit to be moving in and through us, right? So when we talk about this filled and flowing, I wanted you to see this picture. I want us to think about what it is to be a hose (laughs) when it comes to being filled and flowing. More than just a cup that is poured out every once in a while, right? Because you can fill a cup, but you can let that cup just stay there and nothing ever has to come out of it. To be filled and flowing means that something is coming in and something is going out, and it's simultaneous. It's not sit and sit there for a little bit. I want you to ferment, (laughs) and then I'll pour you out. Nope. Filled and flowing like a hose. And the truth is also not just flowing, because there's a part of flowing where you can just turn the water on just enough where the hose isn't actually full, and it's just trickling at the bottom of it. And honestly, as challenging as this may be to some of our ways of thinking about God, it's not enough for you to just be filled. And it's not enough for you to just be flowing. You need to be both. Filled and flowing with the Holy Spirit. So I want to read something because this could also creates a little bit of like, okay, well, what does that mean and how do we do that? I want you to stay there. This isn't our primary text, but Jesus is answering some questions about the Holy Spirit. Actually, he, he, uh, the disciples come and they say like, hey, when is it that you're going to come into your glory? And when will all of these things that you're talking about go like, and he says, don't worry about that. <laughs> That's not even something for you to consider. He says, he continues in John chapter 3, verses 6 through 7, humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again, because he's talking to them about being born again. He continues, the wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. And I want us to have that picture in our head that Jesus is painting about how the Holy Spirit moves, because Jesus doesn't explain it. And all of the ways in which Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, he says, the Father's going to send a comforter. I'm going, but something greater is coming. You're going to be able to move in all these different ways. I'm sending a a comforter to you. You're going to be empowered. He never actually explains how that's going to (laughs) work. Never. No equation given to us. No formula for how it is to tap into the power of the Holy Ghost. (laughs) And actually, as you read through Acts, It feels so uh, unpredictable, and that's actually how it's supposed to be. Jesus says to us, before even the Holy Spirit is moving in the way that we understand the Holy Spirit to move now, you ain't going to get it. (laughs) And I love how even now with our technology, like we have meteorologists that can tell you where wind patterns are going, and this front is coming from here, but to... They can't tell you where it originates from. That's not how that works. We just see what's already happening and we just begin to chart it. 
when it comes to the wind. And we have wind turbines and we have things now that can capture the power of the wind and turn it into electricity. But we can't control it. We may be able to harness the wind's power, but we cannot control it. One of the biggest challenges we have with the Holy Spirit is because we cannot control (laughs) the Holy Spirit. We cannot control the power of the Holy Spirit. We can harness it. Let's be real. We can harness it. The Holy Spirit has given us the ability to harness his power in healing people and restoring and deliverance and setting people free in administration and leadership and all those wonderful things that Paul talks about in Corinthians. But let that, don't let that confuse us into believing that we have control because we do not. So something else that we have to agree to before we move any further Understanding how the Holy Spirit moves is not a prerequisite to surrender. That's something that's difficult for me. I want to understand how something works before I say that I'm going to fully give myself to it. I'm just being real. Let me just be real with you. (laughs) I want to understand it. I want to be able to pick it apart and be able to anticipate and expect what's going to happen when I push this button or when I say this, then this will happen. And that is not how the Holy Spirit works. There's a pattern that builds and then it completely changes. (laughs) I've shared before how I began to hear the voice of the Lord. And I want to make sure I say this out loud because not all of us come from a, a tradition in the Christian faith where we anticipate and expect to hear from God. God wants to speak to all of us, not just through the Bible. That is a significant way in which God wants to speak to us. But that is not the only way in which God wants to speak to us. God desires to have an intimate relationship with us to the point where we are so surrendered that we hear his voice randomly in the middle of the day. And some of you are like, that scares me. I don't know. I don't want to be that person that hears voices. Understanding how the Holy Spirit works is not a prerequisite to surrender. So I was 14, um, and I used to walk to school. And I would walk to school with my disc man, right? Like some of y'all, like that's taking you back, right? Disc man, like what? I used to have the disc man that you could put it so that it wouldn't skip, right? Like, (laughs) so while you're walking or you have it plugged in in your car, like you're not getting all of that skipping on the CDs. And, um, And I would listen to gospel music and sing loudly going up the street. I'd look back and like, man, I was probably annoying people. (laughs) But... And, um, and so there was one Monday morning, I woke up, got ready for school, uh, lived near Burton and Jefferson, so if you're in the Grand Rapids area, you kind of know where that is, and I went to Ottawa Hills. So it's like a two-mile, two-and-a-half-mile walk, and so I would turn the CD on, I would always put it on shuffle, because I just like the randomness of that. And I started off and... Press shuffle, got it going, and before the song started, I knew what song was going to play. Just kind of said, hey, this is what's going to play. I'm like, oh, that's cool, right? And then right as that song was ending, it happened again. 
where I heard the name of the next song, I was listening, um, at that time, I was listening to Karen Clark Sheard. I remember the first day listening to Karen Clark Sheard. And just that happened, honestly, throughout the whole album. And then Tuesday morning, I woke up, got ready, same routine, getting ready for school, press shuffle, not thinking anything of Monday. Tuesday, again, heard the name of the first song, and then I was like, okay, that's cool. And then as the second song, as the first song was ending, the same voice that was asking me, telling me what was going to play, asked me what I wanted to hear. So I said the name of the song on the album, and it played. And then literally went back and forth, telling me what was going to play and asking me what I wanted to hear throughout the whole album. That was Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Friday was the same except for I was listening to Yolanda Adams, <laughs> went back and forth again, and at the end of the album, I was standing near the corner of Burton and Kalamazoo, and the Holy Spirit said, this is my voice. You're going to be a pastor. <laughs> and then it was like, whoa. <laughs> and that has never happened again. God's never played that game with me again. You would think like, wow, that was so fun. And like, I'm gonna, that's how it's always going to be. Nope, it's not like that. But understanding how the Holy Spirit moves is not a prerequisite to surrender. At that moment, I just needed something that I could immediately resonate with. And God knew that about me. And so that's what he chose. And the same thing is true as we move forward for us to not allow ourselves to put the Holy Spirit in a box, saying that you have to move this way, or you have to heal this way, and you have to restore that way, or I'm going to be disappointed. Many of our prayers are not bold enough because we don't want to deal with the disappointment of not being able to control how the Holy Spirit moves. So what does it mean to be filled? Um, what it means to be filled throughout all of Scripture, you see moments in which the Holy Spirit is poured out on a person throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. Like the first time we actually see this is in Genesis, right? Like we see this in Genesis, it's um, Joseph is filled with the Holy Spirit. We see it played out in Samuel and when Saul is anointed king, he's anointed king and then Samuel tells him like go into a high place and the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and you're going to prophesy. And you see this over and over and again, Samson was filled with the Holy Spirit and wrecked shot. <laughs> Like over and over again throughout the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, you see that same concept of um, even in Acts when Peter begins to speak after the Holy Spirit is poured out on them and, they, and after they've prayed and spoken in different languages and he begins to preach and it says, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, dot, 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 preaches and 3,000 people give their life to Jesus. Being filled with the Spirit I want us to start to actually see that less as this idea of I was empty and then the Holy Spirit possessed me. <laughs> I, I don't want us to see it like that because that's not really what the Bible is saying. The, really what the Bible is saying is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Peter does this, right? And, 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 and that was just a language that was chosen empowered by the Holy Spirit. But when we talk about this idea of being filled 
as it relates to us and our relationship with the Lord now, I really want us to understand what it is that Peter is talking about in Acts chapter 2. That, that sermon that I was telling you about, Peter in Acts chapter 2, he says, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When we talk about being filled, it is receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. Not the same thing as in acting and empowered by the Holy Spirit in terms of miracles and signs and wonders. We're really going to talk about that in a moment, but I don't want you to go there yet. What it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit as we talk about it in 2021 is to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and surrender to that filling, surrender to that gift. It's the idea of saying, I believe, God, you created all things. Father, we praise you. I believe, Son, that you died for us and rose for us and advocate for us, continuing to pour out your righteousness so that we can be righteous. And I also believe, Holy Spirit, and I surrender to the power that you have to change me and make me like you. That is what it is to be filled. Nothing more, nothing less. It is a constant surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit to change my life. So some of us stop what Peter is saying is, and, and believe like Jesus died and he rose and that's good. And that's good. That's, I call that, like that's like, that's like stepping on the porch of the, of the family of God. <laughs> Right? Like you done came off the sidewalk, you done walked through the front yard, right? You heard the story. Being on the porch is like, I believe. But let me tell you this right now. If you've not done the second part of what, of what Peter encourages us to be, to, to, what does he say? Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We're just hanging out on the porch and God's inviting us into the living room. He's inviting us into the dining room. He's inviting you into the kitchen. And the more and more as you surrender, you begin to get into more and more intimate spaces in the Father's house. You're in the living room sitting there eating, eating crackers and drinking iced tea, and that's cool. But he wants to invite you into his kitchen. That takes another level of surrender. And he wants to invite you into his laundry room where he's ironing out wrinkles and cleaning off stains. That takes a whole nother level of surrender. This is actually receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because remember, I told you that the part of the role of the Holy Spirit is to empower us to reflect the love and values and glory of God. It's the more and more that we surrender to him, the more we are able to actually reflect that, get into the house. And eventually, this sounds weird, but God wants to take you to the most intimate space in his house, his room. where you are completely unhinged and every insecurity that you feel like you have to cover, he's like, I got you. That's receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. Some of us have been content our whole life saying, I believe that Jesus rose. Hanging out on the porch. And I'm telling you, there's nothing wrong with believing but there's something more that God wants for you. 
To be filled means to receive. So, have you been filled with the Spirit? Your first response may be like, oh, that seems like I have to be perfect. Nope. (laughs) Get into the living room. Receive the gift. How do I receive the gift? Holy Spirit, I know that a part of what you do is you make me to look like Jesus more. And I don't even know exactly what that looks like, but I'm willing. That's a whole nother, that's, that's faith. This whole relationship is based upon faith. It's based upon the belief that that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in me, and that's what the Holy Spirit can do in me. And so, even though I don't understand how it works, <laughs> I'm willing. Have you been filled with the Spirit? Or we're asking it a different way, I might say, have you received the gift of the Spirit? The only reason I'm not asking it that way is because so many of us have so many different understandings of what that means to receive that gift and what's the evidence of that gift. And yes, there are many, many fruits of that gift, many, many ways in which that gift is evidenced in our life. But that's not even our conversation today. Nope. Because honestly, what that does is again puts us in a space where we got to control what the Holy Spirit does. The only way I know I have the Holy Spirit is if I do this. Pause. There is no such thing as only with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) That's not how he's ever worked. We can't tell where he's coming from and we can't tell where he's going. So if I say the only way that I can do anything, pause. Let me tell you. The way in which you know what's the real fruit of the Holy Spirit is flowing. That's honestly the true way in which you know. And that flowing isn't just power. It's not just miracles. That flowing is my life changing. That flowing is that when I'm randomly hanging out in mire and somebody give, and the Lord gives me a word to say something to somebody and I go do it. There's two things actually happening. The fact that I heard and believed and did, (laughs) both of them are flowing because it requires so much faith to believe that the Lord is speaking to you and requires so much vulnerability to actually go and deliver the message. That sounds miraculous, Chase. I've never done that before. Listen. It requires faith to serve God humbly in your administrative job in that boring office. (laughs) And what, what, no, Chase, that doesn't, no, that's not the same. It is absolutely the same because a flowing isn't miracle signs and wonders. It's miracle signs, wonders, my life being changed, and people seeing the love, values, and glory of God, period. So what does it mean to be flowing? I think actually when we see in Scripture the power of the Holy Spirit, that's what I actually mean by flowing. So I'm going to read a couple of things in Mark. They'll show up on the screen. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. These, this is Jesus kind of talking. He's talking, um, he's giving them the, the great commandment, or excuse me, uh, great commission, go into all the earth. And he's also following that up. And he says, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. 
They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. The power of God moving in some miraculous ways that kind of cause awe, right? And I think that's okay. There's nothing wrong with us saying like, you know what? That's actually a good thing. I want to be in awe by God, right? I don't want to be in awe by me touching somebody and then them being healed. I want to be in awe by the fact that when I touch somebody, the power of the Holy Spirit was moving in such a way that they were healed. But Peter also says this, and he's actually quoting from Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike. I love that. I'm pausing just for a second. I love that. And they will prophesy. Why do I love that? Because for centuries, we try to put the Holy Spirit in a box. Women can't be preachers. Women can't be bishops. Women can't be prophets. Women can't be this. If we're, if we're putting, if we put any, any labels, any parameters on it, we are controlling what cannot be controlled We're trying hard to grasp and control the direction of the wind when all we can do is harness its power. And let's be real. What are those boxes? Those boxes are our pride. Those boxes is my arrogance. That bo- those boxes are my traditions. Those boxes are the things that make me feel comfortable and allow me to actually hold on to power as opposed to surrendering completely. Those things, though, seem big. Miracles, touching snakes and not getting, you know, poison, like drinking poison and not dying and healing people and prophesying and all those things. I want to turn us... Just really quickly to Acts chapter 6, and something that we overlook so often. The disciples, the church is growing, leaps and bounds, and they're getting to a space right now where it's difficult for them to navigate all, making sure that everybody gets fed. The disciples, they get together, they chat about it, they pray about it, and this is what the outcome is. So the 12 called a meeting of all the believers. They said, We apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. (laughs) And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. The Bible is making it clear that you need to be full of the spirit to pass out bread. Right? We graze over that because being full of the Spirit is just common language for the Bible. But we need to understand the implications of that. To file paperwork, you need to be filled and flowing with the Holy Spirit. To make sure people get food, be filled and flowing with the Holy Spirit. To set up chairs and wipe tables, be filled and flowing with the Holy Spirit. And I know that we like to make glitter and gold of all of these miraculous signs that God does. But showing up on time is miraculous. 
when your life is full of chaos, when you've got little kids and laundry that's piled up, showing up on time and making sure that you're there to unlock the door is miraculous and requires us being filled and flowing with the Holy Spirit. Just sitting down and making sure that this person understands long division today requires that we're filled and flowing with the Holy Spirit. Sitting with that homeless person and, not, and, and just sitting there, you ain't got to pray or speak in tongues over, just sit there and have a conversation with them requires that we're filled and flowing with the Holy Spirit. And the moment that we say that being filled and flowing with the Holy Spirit is only miracles, signs, and wonders, pa, a box. The moment that my insecurities start to creep in and say that the, I'm not called to anything big so the Holy Spirit isn't moving through me, box. And the truth is that that box saves you from the discomfort and the fear of full surrender because you've taken yourself out of the game. God doesn't want to use me anyway because all I do is crunch numbers. Well, let me tell you something. If God wants to use men and women full of the Holy Spirit to pass out bread, he wants to use you to crunch numbers. Be filled and flowing. To be flowing means that there is power from God channeled through me for whatever God wants to do that day, <laughs> period. Nothing more, nothing less. It's not, it's, not this, it's not as big as we like to make it. And I love when God does, and I, I, I love when God does things that make me feel good, <laughs> right? That's okay. Because some of us, we feel like the only time the Holy Spirit is flowing is when we have goosebumps, <laughs> But we're watching a video a few years back, and, um, and everybody on this video was commenting on this song, and it's like, like, ooh, I got goosebumps, ooh, I got goosebumps. Since when did the Holy, did goosebumps become evidence of the Holy Spirit? Like, <laughs> they're not. Goosebumps are you, you're emotionally responding to how God's moving, and that's okay. But just because you have an emotional response doesn't mean anything, <laughs> I have emotional responses to, to movies and to, and to sitcoms. No. If that's the only thing that we're looking for, then let me tell you this. You will continue to chase after miracles, signs, and wonders all day long and never see the Holy Spirit flowing in your living room through your eight-year-old because you aren't emotionally moved. If you need the Lord to move your emotions, then you're worshiping that experience as opposed to surrendering to the power of the Lord. To be filled and flowing means that I've received and surrendered and allowing God to move in and through me. That's what it is to be flowing. So are you flowing with the Holy Spirit? Are you flowing? And I know that this is a challenge even for me. This is a challenge. It's a challenge for all of us because it requires so much surrender, requires so much vulnerability, and it's not easy to stay in that space. But let me tell you, this is, the, this is truly what it is to live as a disciple and a follower of Christ, is to be in that space of vulnerable surrender all the time. Chase, even when I'm tired? Yes, even when you're tired. 
even when you're tired and you want to snap off, but you trust that that voice is telling you to keep your mouth shut for a reason, that's flowing. (laughs) Even when you're tired and you just don't really want to give anymore, but something inside of you is saying push a little bit further, that's flowing. I remember saying this many years ago, that we get into a habit even as believers of saying something told me to do this or something told me to say that or I just had this feeling in my gut. Stop calling the Holy Spirit something. He has a name. The Holy Spirit. And that, that requires a whole nother leap of faith to just be comfortable saying that, right? Because what does that mean? Trust me, you're not that important where you're going to defame the Holy Spirit by sincerely seeking to acknowledge him in that space. If we are sincerely seeking to acknowledge what God is doing and we got it wrong, our sincerity will allow the Holy Spirit to say, no, you know what, Chase, you're actually a little bit off on that one. (laughs) I'm over here. Oh, my bad, right? I was sincerely seeking. That's what faith is. Faith isn't knowing, it's trying. (laughs) It's testing, I'm moving in this direction, and this, is there evidence that there was anything? Okay, okay, good. That's faith. It's a challenge for us because I don't have control over it, but it's okay for us to step out in that space and say, you know what? This doesn't happen every day, but I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying that I need to say this to you. And if that bears witness to you, your soul, then we'll praise God together that he, that he spoke that to you. If it doesn't bear witness with your soul, That's okay, because nothing that the Lord says doesn't happen, (laughs) right? Everything he says happens. And if he didn't say it, it might not happen, and that's okay. (laughs) It is okay. We don't have to get it right. We just have to trust in the space to be filled and flowing. So some things for us to reflect on, some things for us to reflect on. How does your expectation of who the Holy Spirit is keep you from being filled and flowing? Just a real question for you to ask yourself. How does your expectation of who the Holy Spirit is keep you from being filled and flowing? Some of you have not surrendered because someone told you 20 years ago that you have to speak in tongues to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And because you've never done so, you keep clenching every time he wants to move through you. (laughs) Some of you are, your understanding or your lack thereof, no one talked about this in Sunday school for you, so you don't believe that this is a matter of true biblical significance for us to really process the Holy Spirit so you don't even think about that part of God. How does your expectation of who the Holy Spirit is? I intentionally put who, not what. The Holy Spirit is not a thing. The Holy Spirit is a part of a being. He's a person of our God. If you are filled, in what ways have you allowed life to put a kink in your hose? <laughs> if you are filled... In what ways have you allowed life? And let's be real, the last year would have put a kink in anybody's hose. <laughs> the la- and so it's okay for us to, that's okay, fam, it's okay. 
We don't need to be so prideful or so arrogant or so afraid to say, like, listen, Holy Spirit, I ain't even been listening. (laughs) I haven't even tried to. I have these things going on, and I've tried to listen before, but it sounded like I didn't didn't hear anything, so I just gave up. That's real. You think God doesn't already know? Come into the dining room, baby. Let me feed you for a little while, and then you'll be able to hear. If you are flowing, what practices are keeping you filled? I remember being in college, and um, I was a part of a choir, and it was a powerful moment. Like, and so you, so powerful as in you got the, all the emotional feel goods, and actually people really being like set free. Like it was not just a scenario where everybody just happy. And no, it was a real life powerful moment. You could feel God moving, and I remember being filled with so much joy in that space. But I remember somebody talking about how you should feel exhausted when that's done. And that didn't actually sit well with me. Why should you feel exhausted when, you get, when that gets done? I honestly believe that we have lived in a way where we teach people that you should be filled to be poured up and then wait to get filled again. And of course you would be exhausted if that's the way you live. You're a cup. <laughs> and, you, and then sometimes that means you have to operate on empty. Nah. That isn't the, that's not the will of the Father. The will of the Father is that we be filled and flowing, always filled. I'm not exhausted because I didn't do that. (laughs) The hose isn't tired. The hose doesn't pay the bill, (laughs) okay? The hose doesn't pay the water bill. The hose is just a vessel. I'm just a vessel, and I get to celebrate, enjoy what God is doing because he did something in you. And it is something in me. You can't be flowing with the power of the Holy Spirit and not feel something good happen inside of you as well. How are you, what practices in your life are keeping you filled? Those practices do need to involve you being in God's house. And I don't mean the sanctuary. I'm, yes, yes, be here. I look forward to that on Easter. Yes, but his house intimate time with God, the living room, the dining room, the kitchen, the bedroom, the laundry room. Go in that finished basement with him. (laughs) Get up in that attic. That's what it means to be filled. Chase, you're talking too abstract. Pray. (laughs) Read the Bible. (laughs) Fast. If the only time you fast this year is during February, By December, you will be empty again. Fast. That's how we get filled. That's how we stay filled, not get. That's how we stay in this space of surrender. The last thing, because I don't want to assume that everyone has done this, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and flow in and through you. Like Paul, Peter says it, it's like, Place your faith in Christ and receive the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit, fill me and flow in and through me. The Holy Spirit 
There's so many things that we will not even begin to be able to chart and or control. But one of the things that I, so I know that is a pattern of our thinking here is that the Holy Spirit's power is in me and is for me. That's not what this is. The Holy Spirit wants to move in, but primarily to move through. Right. That's really what, well, let's let's talk about it for what it is like our role as human beings is to reflect God to creation. That's when we get down to it. That's what Adam's job was. And at no point has that responsibility been removed from humanity. And at no point will it be removed. It is our job to reflect God well here to humans and everything else that's here. And so in doing so. That requires, because of the stain of sin, that I allow the Holy Spirit to move in to get rid of some things and bring in some things and ultimately be moving through me. I do not, I want us to be a family that enjoys the powerful move of God, but I also want us to be a family that acknowledges the subtle whispers of the Holy Spirit on a Wednesday afternoon in the office when somebody is just calling because they need help with their bills. Because the Holy Spirit moves, if you're like, that's, that's a way in which he moves too. That's a way in which God moves. And if we're only looking for one or the other than family, then we put ourselves in a position to not acknowledge the full person that the Holy Spirit is. So be filled and flowing. Be filled and flowing. Let's pray about that. Our God, you want us to reflect your will, reflect your love, your values, your glory. And you want us to do that in powerful ways with miracles and signs and wonders. But you also want us to be like Stephen and the other six deacons who were passing out food to widows. We have to be filled with your spirit just to function well and reflecting you. God, forgive us for moments and seasons in our, in our life where we felt like that wasn't true. Forgive me for moments when I felt like just getting up in the morning and going through my routine, I could do by myself. Forgive me, God. I repent of the belief that I don't have to be filled and flowing with your spirit. And God, I surrender even the fact that I don't understand and I want to understand. And I trust you. I trust that you know where you're going, even if that means that I have to just settle in for the ride. Give us grace and faith to be in that space. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and believe others could benefit from hearing about us, please remember to share and subscribe to Unison Christian Church wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also catch us live at unisongr.com or on Facebook. See you next week.